Marvel DC, Marvel DC, Marvel DC, 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 Marvel, 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 New Image, or Dark Horse. The Geek Chat. Hey, 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 everybody, and welcome to another edition of The Geek Chat. I'm Desmond. And I'm Rich. And we're your hosts for this roughly hour or more long uh, delve into comic book goodness land, brought to you by two comic book geeks who have been reading books uh, for a very, 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 very long time. That's just Desmond. You lie like a dog. <laughs> uh, so yes, this show uh, you can you can catch this show and all of our other uh, episodes on SoundCloud. Uh, we have over 146 episodes, r- roughly six seasons. So we have, we have tons of stuff for you to get caught up on about comic books, TV shows, whatever you want. Go in there and check us out. Um, if you ever want to talk to us, you can send us an email at um, thegeekchat at gmail.com have or, you ever gotten any emails uh yeah like, you have yeah. Mm-hmm. you haven't shared them with me no because they're basically like what's that other guy he's so mean blah, blah, blah. just kidding um and if you want to talk to us uh in real in real time uh go to facebook and you probably have it on your phone or your or your computer and you can uh search the groups uh search for the geek chat and join the facebook group uh, we are an active group and we talk about comics and all things comic book related so please Come and join the conversation. Uh, but first, uh, let us talk about uh, the comic books that we are going to be talking about. We have a ton, so let's just get right to it. Our first book is... That made no sense. Inhumans versus X-Men, the final issue number six. Thank God. Wow. Writers, Jeff Lemire and Charles Sewell. Penciler, Lennel Francis Yu. He's back. For fucking, what, two issues, three issues? Yeah. Lennel Francis Yu and Jerry Allen Goulan. Sorry for that. Were the inks. Colorist was David Curiel, and the letterer was VCs Clayton Cowles. Victory means life. Defeat means extinction. God, I'm glad this thing is over. We've been talking about every issue. And every issue is comic book fans... And as you and I are both huge X-Men fans, we both found this to be unnecessary. And this issue proved all you got to fucking do is talk. All you have to do is talk. Just talk it out, people. Yeah, but that was not the agenda. Uh, you know, the agenda was was to have them fight it out. Because, because superheroes, heroes fighting heroes sells comics. Yeah, but how many people are over it? Well, we just got out of one right now. I mean, we're we had, going into another one. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, we are. Yeah, we're well, secret, uh, secret empire in which Captain America, who is now, I guess, a Nazi, uh, is doing his thing. But we're not talking He's about not that. Not a Nazi. He's Hydra. He's Hydra. So, um, so what, what, what? Inhumans versus X Men. So, what happened is everyone met in Iceland, and they all started fighting. Everyone's fighting. Inhumans versus mutants, mutants versus Inhumans, and the new, new Inhumans, the, or new, the new humans show up, and they're like, "No, no, no! We can stop this. We can make it all better. We can make it all better." And yada yada yada. And um, the they created a thing that would use satellites or something. They didn't really explain what was going on, but it 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 basically 
destroyed the 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 Terrigen, Terrigen cloud, and I guess it absorbed everything off the planet. Yep. So it basically absorbed it all into I don't know what like it I don't know what it did. It just, it just kind of blew it up or or sucked it out of the atmosphere or something. I don't know. I honestly did not know exactly how it got rid of. I guess it was kind of some kind of a super science that Moon Girl and Forge came up with. I don't know. So. Medusa presses a button, it all goes away, and everyone stops fighting. And this is all because, as Rich said, they decided to actually have a conversation with each other. Had they had a conversation at the beginning and Beast told them what was going on, th- th- a lot of this could have been avoided. But the mutants, for whatever reason, thought that the Inhumans would not um, want to destroy their cloud because it, it is it basically is what makes Inhumans. So, but it, But they were wrong. And Medusa, showing her that she is the, you know, most awesomest queen ever, uh, basically sentences her, sentences her people to death. You know, not death, but they're effectively are going to be no more Inhumans anymore because the cloud is gone. So there's no more, there's no way for the Inhumans to be made anymore. So Until you read the next issue of Uncanny Inhumans. Probably, yeah. Because Maximus has figured out a way to synthesize it. There you go. So so it all worked out in the end. Haha. <laughs> but but oh, then we have another queen. But who, this is the part I am pissed off. But the white queen would not be denied her revenge. Her revenge. I say it like that though, because she came off like a total like mad woman. It was great. So what did you think about Well no uh, finish, so no, 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 So no, Emma no. is a mad woman. Yeah, Emma Emma, I guess, used her telepathic powers to control Forge, and Forge made uh, sentinels or not rule this. I guess they didn't make them. They they re rewired them, quote unquote. They made a few hunt, adjustments yeah, to hunt in humans. So now she is in control of these giant sentinels that come out of the ground and start firing on the inhumans. And, and so this they, is the part I had. They killed a ship full of inhumans, and I like both writers, and I feel like with all that's been done with Emma. For all these years, losing her children to Sentinels the first time and then losing more people in Genosha to Sentinels, I have a huge problem with how they made her use a Sentinel to kill in her name. And I just, I found that to be a slap in the face to X fans everywhere. That's just me. I thought... I mean, she even took over Magneto's um, mind. And then Havoc, being on her side, doing this for Scott, he says, not you, meaning Emma. And, like, for some reason, Emma is diamond hard, yet uh, Medusa's hair can chip a diamond off. Yeah, because because Medusa can control the density of her hair. It just makes no sense. We have already seen... Crazy Emma jumping off fucking rocks and nothing happening. Well, maybe she's applying a lot more pressure uh, then. I just had a huge problem with this ending. In the final page, making Emma... Spoilers, making her go back to being this evil, you know, person again. I just think it's a regression of the character. I don't see this as any kind of progression for her, for what she is. I read on some, you know, people, oh, it's a circle. She's come full circle. Bullshit. I don't see this as full circle. I see this as lazy. Um, 
But I did like that, you know, Medusa's finally over Johnny and she's going back. We're going to get a royal family. Gee, we're getting a royal family. Maybe because we're getting an Inhumans TV show, which shows the Inhumans together. I had a lot of problems with this issue. The art was, you know, in some places it looked rushed, but in other places it looked pretty good. Um, for Lenel Francis, you only doing maybe three issues of a seven-issue miniseries. Um, I just... You said it, I think, the last time we reviewed, when we reviewed five. There were just so many better paths. This could have been written so much better. Uh, we still have no clue why he, uh, Mosaic, I have to say who they are because you don't know what the hell we're talking about. Why Mosaic went into Storm, really didn't do anything. Um, I did think that Emma using her body to almost like a sword to go through um, Black Bolt was kind of cool and that they're using her powers in like an offensive way. Mm -hmm. But that's all I can really say about her in this book. I So many things, so many other mutants could have just, I don't know. I was, I love my X-Men and I, I was rooting for them and I'm glad they won, kind of. But um, I just think it was, I feel bad for Emma. Emma deserved better. And I still don't understand it. Never explained why the hell Scott was so... Why was he so bad? What... They really never really explained why he came off so evil when he was the one murdered. I just don't understand it. What was all those eight months of he, you know, people hating him? Why do people hate young Scott? I still don't understand. He did nothing. They did nothing. Can you answer that? Well, they destroyed the first Terrigen Mist Cloud. That so? Well, that made them... I mean, in this... It seems to be... In this iteration of what's going... In this iteration of what's going on... People... And this is how I read it. People actually liked... You know, the, the, the thought of becoming an Inhuman or being changed by the cloud. At least that's what I got from from reading Inhumans versus X-Men and the Death of X and and and, and the the setup is people actually were 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 excited or or wanted to see if they had a chance to become an or if they were inhuman. Which is weird so, because in the beginning when they crashed when Adelan crashed to New York, people really didn't like them. Yeah. So, but what I'm, but, but what I'm saying now is, is that now, um, that could have been one of the reasons why they did not like them or the, the, why people did not like, uh, Scott was because he, he had taken their, their ability to possibly become an inhuman. There was still other clouds. Um, there was still, but they but they killed one. They blew uh, one up. It's uh, very just, weak. No, I'm I just, know. It's just, it's, it's, I don't think, the, I think they had a plan and then it fell apart. The other thing is is we have no idea how much of this is manipulation by by Emma to make him this martyr. larger than life martyr type character, you know, because she's all she's supposedly doing all of this in his name in order to protect his legacy and to protect quote unquote like the people. But I think she just went mad with grief that he is dead, and and this is her way of coping. I mean, they're, they're most likely going to rehabilitate her at some point, but I don't know how long it's going to take. So what did you think of Seven Issues? Um, I thought it was very interesting um, that at the end of the fifth issue, 
we see Magneto getting ready to drop a plane on all, all of them. <laughs> Every one of them. Yep. Every one of them. You notice that. Mute and inhuman alike. Yep. Right? But in this one, they stop him, knock off, they show a scene to knock off his helmet, and then we see Medusa possessing him. Sorry, Medusa, uh, Emma possessing him. So I think that was done intentional in order to give Magneto an out. That way he could still save face and be the, the mentor of the O5. Because for a long time, Magneto was working with Emma Frost to, to make this happen. So was was it did Magneto not know what was going on or that that this was the end plan? Was Magneto really being duped by Emma Frost? I I don't I didn't buy that when he said that whole scene he was like you stole my mind, you you controlled my mind. It's like Well, really? we know he wasn't being controlled because if he was being controlled when Mosaic went into the body, Mosaic should have realized or seen that. I mean He's an outside entity in his body. No, 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 no. no. That, that's not you what I'm think saying. in the beginning he was being controlled? No, no. Well, no. At the end, he was. I, but I, I don't think. I think that that was a. I think that was something the writers did because I think Magneto was supposed to be, in my opinion, her um, conspirator in this, her co-conspirator. But they want to make him. He's going to be in blue. Exactly. As their so mentor. he can't be. It, it, it's a contradiction. Oh, this whole. Thing. This is why. This is why I think because like throughout the whole thing, throughout the whole thing. Magneto and her, it seemed like they were always planning something. Something was going to happen that they were going to do. And I think at the end, they got cold feet because they needed Magneto to be a part of this goal, of this blue team. And that's why they added that thing about, you know, she's going to control Magneto. Yeah, it just seems and, mishmashed. And, but Magneto being able to be controlled, although we have seen Magneto fight off Charles Xavier... And yet he he was unable to fight off Emma Frost. There was a lot of character moments that weren't right. I was like, I didn't, I I didn't believe, like I yeah. didn't, I didn't. There was a piece with Psylocke in here, and I just laughed at it because it was ridiculous. She never would have acted or done this. Um, so I want to say I have a lot of hopes for resurrection and what's coming, so and I'm I. very excited for like I'm really excited for Astonishing. I'm really excited for Gold. But Who's after the only seeing, that I'm really excited for. But seeing this, I'm really sad because it's like, if they don't understand these basic characters, what hope is there? Well, Jeff's gone, so come on. Well, Jeff is gone, I know. You know. And I don't know, I agree with you that I do think that something has changed from the beginning because they were putting these solicits out and we're finding out who's on what team and where's going to where. Mm-hmm. And the dynamic in Blue, the only reason I'm excited to read Blue, like we were talking about before... It ha- these kids were just fighting Magneto, and now they're going to be aligned with him. And I can't wait for that dynamic, and I hope it isn't lost. It probably will be. And that's a sad thing, because I think, I think that with the books of X, we're all hoping for something... Like, good. Call some of something... I'm we're sorry. hoping for something. Okay. No, but we've had we've had nothing. But where and where is Kitty Pride in all this? You know, where is she? Is where is Rachel in to all be, this? Like, well, where, that I agree with. Where's Rachel? Like where where you're you're getting ready to spin off in Resurrection all these characters, you know, and it's supposed to be well. We get that in Prime. Okay. Well, maybe a lot of that'll be be will be addressed in Prime, but it would have been better to see Kitty Pride in here. It would have been great Even to at see the end. Rachel or something that 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 was sort of to wrap up to where we were going. But no, it just seemed at the end of this, we got a weak apology from Storm to Beast. We got you know, 
uh, Emma, Emma Frost, Emma Frost donning donning her Magneto Cyclops helmet. Yeah, and then we have like and Medusa, she's... Medusa dating her ex again, and I'm like, I don't know, it just it wasn't it wasn't ending, but but it's like okay, I don't know, just the the whole thing just kind of. I just don't know what other people's expectations was, but I just do not feel that it really met him at all. No. And one of my customers today, he was saying, um, nothing can be as bad as the Civil War II ending. Like, he, you know, he, That's had, true. he had one to go, and he's like, so far, out of all the events he's been reading, he says Civil War II has been the, yes. the worst. Yeah, it, it was the biggest letdown so far, of, of the current batch of, of uh, Marvel events goes. Um so we'll see you. We'll see you back at, for uh, Secret Empire and see what goes on with that. I'm, I'm actually more looking forward to Secret Empire than I am for for any other ones. So I might have to renege on what I said and actually. Go. I'm really looking forward to it. So, so we're gonna move on to a DC title, and oh, you thought I was negative for the last book? Just wait until we get into this one. Uh, <clears throat> so it is uh, Justice League of America. It's very. You gotta say the of the of of America, and it's extremists part two, written by Steve Orlando. Pincer was Philippe Watananabe. That think it was gonna be Ivan Reese. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> Inker was Scott Hanna, and colorist was High Five. And Clayton Close, Close, sorry, Close, sorry, did the uh, was a letter letterer. Um, and a whole bunch of people did the covers. I want you to go first. Why? No, because... I went first on no, IBX. No, 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 I want you to go first. I want you to go first. The reason why is because I did not... You I, liked it. I did not I did not dislike this book as much as you did. I did. I hated this book. And I'd rather get your you know, venom out of you first before I, I kind of milk everybody, you know? All make right. Make it feel better. You know? So first things first, I open this up on Tuesday when I open up. So when I get my new books on Tuesdays, <laughs> I, you know, I unpack them and... I get to look through them. I'm so excited to look through them. And I open it up and I'm like, ah. I looked at the cover and I'm like, what the hell? Ivan Reese was on it for two issues. And now we get a not Ivan Reese artist. Um, I looked and this artist is going to be one of the rotating artists on this book. And I'm very sad because his panel layouts and the page layouts were abysmal. The story took a dive. The writing took a dive. What I had, my... My high hopes set, because Justice League is such a letdown for me, I had high hopes on Justice League of America. Uh, but why didn't you like it? You see the writing took a dive. How? I just feel like it. this issue wasn't as strong as the last couple. And I just felt like he was writing these... How can I put this? Their voices all seemed off. Even Batman's was off in this. Um, and towards the end, I was just like, oh my god. They made Lord Havoc. Whew, he liked to talk. And just, I can't describe the... the I just want to focus on this real quick. When you open it up, it makes no fucking sense. I went back and I read the last couple pages of number one. So, he ha uh, Lord Havoc has Choi in his hands. And in the second panel, Batman throws him his belt. The fuck would you throw him his belt? So, he, Lord Havoc steps on it. And then you turn the page. And it's a, it's a half 
the splash page, and you notice that Canary is behind Vixen, yet the next two panels, she's now in front, and it's Black Canary that's going to go. So that was the first thing. I'm like, okay, that's a huge, just, that's just bad. And throughout this whole book, there were panels that made no sense to follow. The, the, the flow of the action did not make sense at all. There were a lot of things. Again, when, um, I don't even know his name, the Dr. Diehard some, does something and pushes Lord Havoc over, and then he gets all crazy, and then you get at the end, my face is not metal. What the hell does that have to do with anything? And then you realize, oh, well, he can control metal. Okay. Uh, Canary holding this guy's razor. It just, there were little panel things. The worst thing was when he said, um, the last face you'll see. If it's going to be the last face you'll see, you think the person would be facing him. Because the last person you see is going to be the person standing across from you, not behind you. It's little things like that. And yes, I'm being picky, but I'm being picky because if it makes no fucking sense, it makes no sense. And how did it get by an editor? And Steve Orlando wrote a great first issue, and I just feel like this issue did not follow it at all. And this this artist, not a good fit for this book. His, his figures are, while they fill up pages, his figures are very just, they all look, I don't want to say kind of the same. His Lobo is so... Pussy Lobo again. We're back to a little wuss. He's supposed to. He's bigger than everyone. Just the the figures, the everything about the. Um, I didn't like the coloring on this book. I didn't like it. Didn't, and I was so sad. That's me. Let's debate. Go ahead. What did you think of it? Well, I didn't think it was that bad. Um, I thought the artist, you know, while not Ivan Reese, was fine. Um, he draws a really good uh, and strong superhero figure. Um, some of the, some of the panels, yes, they, they, they were, you know, some, yes, they were a little awkward in some spots, but people move around throughout the action and, and they throughout do the page. They move around, but not with the very next panel. Yeah, they do. They, you would not, with what they were saying. Let me finish then. Okay. Yes, they do. And, and I think it was, and I think when, as, what you were talking about when Canary was, when Canary was talking about, you know, moving forward. She was moving forward past Vixen, who was in front of her, and and, and well, then she the, had to face through Lobo. Why? Lobo, Lobo was no. Lobo was off to the side. Look, no. Lobo's right off to the side where she was in. No. in the, no. Yes, I, I I think you're being way too picky on on this book. I thought, I'm not. I thought I thought the, the 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 figure work was fine. I understood what was going on. I did like what what, what was happening. This is Lord Havoc and his and and his crew trying to make. Trying to make it better than what happened in their in their reality on their world. I got that. And and so he went to the place where where he was a child on on his earth, and that's gonna be his seat of power as he moves forward. Was it out of character for Batman to throw to throw his um belt out? I don't think so because he was trying to save Choi, who was who was untested in the field. Nah. If anything, Choi shouldn't have been there because nah. because he, he's untested. But you know, I'm willing to overlook that. Stupid. That. I I did think so. You know, I'm I'm interested. I loved seeing Lord Havoc. You know, cut down. Uh, 
you know, cut down and, and his, own, his, wealth, his own person, his own person and to show that he is like a badass. I thought that was fine. I loved the way that looked. Um, it was hilarious that Lobo was laughing about it, <laughs> laughing about the guy being killed. Yeah. He smile on his face. I don't know. I, I, I didn't think it was terrible. You have to be contrary anyhow. No, I didn't think it was. I just didn't think it was that bad. Oh, I did. I really you know, did. I enjoyed it. It's it, it's a superhero comic in 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 the vein of superheroics. That's what happens. You know, yeah. they're larger than life people. I I honestly think you're being way too hard on on this book. I I want to see what's going to happen. I do think that it is sad that it is not Ivan Reese, and he and I really hope that he comes back. I don't know if he probably isn't, but. But I was really, I was really sad about that. It was really a bait and switch kind of situation because we got, like Rich was saying, we got two really strong issues with the zero, and the sorry, the number the zero, the the, the rebirth number one, and then the action number one of the issue of the series. Mm. So yeah, I I am saddened by that. And another thing, I just have to say, I noticed it in the cover variant cover to number one or whichever one it was, and then in this panel when uh, the heroes are coming at you, the hell is going on? With Killer Frost. Can she fly? Is she making an ice slide? We have to de decide on this, people. You just can't. One panel on she's running. One panel on she's not. Here she's flying above everyone. There's no ice slide. She just missed. I don't understand it. Make up your fucking mind. This panel looks like fan art to me. She's it does not herself. look. It just, I, she's propelling herself forward with, with, with ice power. A lot of this to me felt like a fan uh, wanted to draw the comic. That's how it felt to me. It, it, I don't think this is DC worthy art. I personally wow. don't. Okay. Well, we're gonna have to disagree on that one. We can, and that's what the great thing is. And it comes off a fucking great cover too. That's what killed me. Okay. All righty. Moving right along, uh, on to uh, our next. Book. Oh no, you're doing this one. Yeah, I did. I did this one. I did the other one. You're you, going first. You. I'll read the thing, but you're going first. Fine, I'll go first. I want to hear your opinions before Fine, you I'll go contradict first. mine to seem like the nice one of this podcast. What are you talking about? You do. do you make me the mean one. No, you're already the mean one. Mm. <laughs> so we got Man Thing number one. Man Thing. Man Thing. Bum, 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 bum. So you this is don't a, make my heart sing. this is a little mini series that they're going to be doing. It's a mini series. Oh, I call all Marvel books miniseries now. <laughs> Fuck that. <laughs> Fuck that. Marvel will not have... There's no ongoings at Marvel for me. They're all fucking miniseries. So, we they got... don't tell anybody. <laughs> so, the title page isn't even the title... Yeah, it's right here. There's no writers there at all. Yeah, there is. It's right on top. Okay, you tell me. You, you be the reader. Okay. Sorry for this. We were unprepared. So it's R.L. Stein. Okay, you're going to do it from the beginning. Yeah, <laughs> it's on the cover. cover. All right. Yeah, they, they honestly, they did forget to put, like, the writer, the artist on the front. Maybe it's somewhere in it, but... I they, don't think so. I think it honestly is, they, they forgot to write it, and it is only on the front of the comic book. I'm serious. Like, I'm going to go to the back to see if I can find it in the back, but I don't think so. No. No, they literally, <laughs> for the man thing number one, they did not put... On their title page, they did not put the writer and the artist. They just put the um, the rest of the team. It's so R. L. Stein is the writer. Uh, German Peralta is the artist. artist, and Rachel Rosenberg. I think it's Rochelle. Rochelle is the is the inker or colorist or something. Something, um, and um, yeah, we don't know. Yeah, we honestly have no idea what. Okay, what, what bad she did. Marvel. 
Wow, that's really that's really bad, Marvel. Yeah, let's see. Okay. Like so seriously, I flipped through it. I don't. I don't. I didn't see it. I went all the way to the end. Nothing. Is oh, that there it? There we go. You just said everyone's name, and then VCs Travis Landham did the lettering. That's bizarre. Yeah, that's bad. Like, I, it's weird. Anyway, okay. what'd you think of it? Um, I didn't like it. You didn't. I did not like I it. I loved it. You probably did. If you hated it, I loved it. Wow. Is this how you're gonna be? I am. Okay. <laughs> yes. I hated this book. I got. I can't lie. I, I, I hate is a strong word. Oh, I hated this book. It was useless. It was. I expected so much from R.L. Fucking Stein. Yeah, this is this is not a good book, you guys. Um, it is so Man Thing is back, and he can talk. He can think. He has gotten his mind back. And what does a brilliant scientist do? Becomes an actor. He goes to Hollywood and starts starring in a Man Thing movie. I guess TV show, Netflix. TV, who knows? I don't know what it is. But uh, the problem though is he can't revert back. This is how he is, and so he um. <laughs> He is a, a an actor, a B-movie actor, I'm assuming, and he is testing poorly. In, uh, <laughs> he's testing poorly, and people do not like him. The kids, he makes the kids cry. So, the, so his publicist or the agent or the producer is like, I'm sorry, you know, you can't be here. And everyone keeps talking shit about him, saying that he's gross and nasty. And he's just a guy. He's just a guy trying to live his life in L.A. He's just trying to be an actor. That's all he's trying to do. It's like it, it kind of read like this weird 90210 thing in L.A. in which this, you know, this it, it was sort of like this after school special because he's like he's like, I'm just trying to be an artist, man. I'm just trying to live my life. It, it wasn't my fault. And then and then we get the obligatory backstory in which we see, you know, how he becomes and you know, the man thing is he was a scientist and, and he, um, created the formula to make super soldiers. And then his girlfriend, you know, uh, at the time, betrays uh, betrays him, him and, and he runs off into the woods and, and he says, I'm, I know what I'm going to do. I can't have them get this. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to, I'm going to inject myself with it in order to stop them from getting it. And of course, you know, he's injecting himself. He runs off the road and you know, like he goes into the swamp and the swamp and, and he comes together. He becomes the man thing. Rawr. And so, and then like, he, he, we have no idea how he got his, his mind back. Just that he forced himself to have his mind back. But again, I just can't buy the concept. It's like, really? You're, you're, you're a, you're a scientist. Go work with the Avengers. Go do something else. Go work with the Avengers or something like like the man thing. Is Joy, fucking... What is the shield? Uh, the monster group. Yeah, you know, go do the monster squad or something. I don't know. Kick someone in the nards. But this this I, I didn't buy the concept. I didn't buy the like the what the story was trying to do. And then at the end, he meets another man thing. So so did his formula get out? Is he is there another man thing being a man thing um, factory who's producing man things? And, and the other thing, it's like, you know, one of his things is, is if you know fear, you know, the man thing will, those touch will burn you. And like, he was supposed to be people left and right. And if there's supposed to be fear in him, he'd be burned people up left and right. But I guess he wasn't, I don't know. Just, it seemed like he was all out. Of, it was all over the place. I don't, I didn't really enjoy it. I don't know what's, what to expect from it. I'm probably not going to read the number two. It was just. Like, I just didn't like the direction they were going with it because I honestly did not believe what was happening. Like, I, I get it. It's something different. It's something it, – I don't want to say it's too different. I just can't relate to it because it doesn't seem like it would make sense. Like, it, it doesn't make sense to me. Like, like, like this is what 
he would do. Like, is this the only work he could do? No. And then, like, wasn't he, like, wasn't he the protector of the Nexus of Realities at some uh-huh. point? Uh-huh. Like, nothing shows... Uh, maybe Nexus of Reality would be the next one, but I probably will not be finding out. I don't know. This book was a total letdown. What did you think, Rich? I, I'm sure what you, you loved just it. Said, what you just said is the main thing. It was a total letdown. But for me, it was a total letdown because I thought, all right, they've been... Marvel's been pimping it out. R.L. Stein, his first Marvel Comics work, the man thing. And I was like, this is going to be fucking awesome. This man can write some fucking horror. And I thought, perfect. No, there was no horror in this at all. And then I got this, and I th- I was really expecting like this creepy-ass fucking horror. And I got an actor who they want someone else because something, and Ant-Man has the car. and Yeah, he can't be flying. He, he can't use the company jet because Ant-Man is doing something. And I'm like, what the fuck? And then... You get, okay, backstory, which is good because there might be some readers. This is a number one. You want to treat everyone like a new reader. Have a couple pages of how this, you know, how he became Man-Thing. That's cool. Who didn't see, you know, the girlfriend, not real. I mean. I knew that was Such happening. a fucking trope. Yeah. And then you get his his origin. And then there's another Man-Thing. The problem is when the second Man-Thing comes, I didn't give no fucks. So I don't care. Yeah, I did Total letdown. Just. It, I can't say anything nice about it except the artist who doesn't fit this book. That artist was actually great. I'd rather see this artist on some other book because he drew some great solid figures. But I wanted horror. I I, expected, I didn't really like the artist either. I expected something completely different for this. I book. I didn't like the art style either. I don't, um, but then at the end we get a preview for another. No, that's not a preview. These are going to be these are short. Each issue has a short horror story. Well, this was more horror than the other one. Correct. This you know? is everyone is going to have just a short little horror story that he writes, much in the vein of his goosebumps, because this is what he's used to writing. Well, that's what I expected from the first that, part of the book. Well, the 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 little put a ring on it. Ashcan at the end, which he wrote, and the artist was Daniel Johnson. Colors was Matt Lopez, and it was um, lettered by Travis Land. I mean, that was actually better. Than the um, than the actual man thing because this one actually read like an old school like an old school EC horror uh, right. comic and right. I liked that I was like this is really cool like but I, that's I what I wanted from the first half exactly I wanted the first half to read like a weird EC comic type of thing and we and it was so funny because we got that in the in the secondary the, the backup story but we did not get it in the in the other one it just it wasn't weird enough it wasn't horror enough it just was like. It was just like here. Like Do you want to know what it reminded me of? And I hate to say this, and I don't want to offend anyone because everyone gets offended nowadays. It reminded me of all the funny Marvel books put Marvel's putting out. It's like, this is in that vein. They wanted a funny book again. And it's like, man, things shouldn't be a funny book. No, and I don't mean funny book like a funny book like what old people call comics, and that's what I call them too. But Marvel's line is now haha comics. You've got Unbeatable Squirrel Girl. Uh... Just a Great Lakes Avengers, so I think that's what they wanted. It just didn't. No, didn't work. Didn't Did work. not work. Oh God! Now we're going to this. Y'all are gonna think I hated everything we read this week. <laughs> so we have Sky Doll, <laughs> number one from Titan Comics, uh, Alessandro Barbucci and Barbara Canepa. The art was Alessandro Barbucci, and the colors was Barbara Conepa. They are the ones that created it as well. In collaboration with Cyril Burton. 
Yes. And there was a translation from Jessica Burton. So this must have been uh, Italian or French. French. I think it's French. First published French as part one of Sky Doll Sudra. Yeah. Um, I want to say the art in this is gorgeous. It is beautiful. It reminds me of a a, a cartoon, but not from America. It's not an American. Yes, it's a very European style. It is gorgeous. Uh, The colors are great. Um, It is definitely, like like he was saying, a European style. It, It is a... It is not a traditional... American style. Nope, and I'm it's, good with it's that. It's European, you know, and and I and I I actually I actually adored the art style. Um and it's number 3 or f- I think it's number 3. It's the third book of a series. Yes, of a series about this character, the Sky Doll character, and it's all centered around uh religion and and how there's oh, is it? Huh? And how there are like different churches and they're on this planet and every <laughs> And every there's like a multitude of, of religious practices, and um and they're all practiced on this planet, and they call it the circus planet because everyone is is welcomed there, and our sky doll, uh the planet that is on uh, Sudra is, is the name of the planet, and sky doll um I can never remember her first name she uh, is a refugee and she was uh, a created entity and she can call uh, create she can do minor miracles of resurrecting people so she is a but she, now she does it here yeah. to make money. She does yes. it in the street. Yeah. And like these kids brought her this rat that's all mangled and been dead forever. And they're like, I can do stuff, but I can't save that. Yeah. But she's doing this in order to get, to get money because she is in hiding. Her and her friend are in hiding from this uh, council or this her sister or something is, is, is chasing her because she does not want to be this messiah-like figure. Um, and she's like, no, I don't want to do this. And so we're picking we're picking up the story um having you know it, it, the story really expects you a little bit to to have read the first two books which little side note were published by marvel yes so so if you haven't read that though if you haven't read it those books you can read this and still understand what's going on it's just you might have a little bit of a learning curve uh, because we meet her sister, who seems to be her antithesis, or her, and and she wants she's she's been trapped in this prison, and and so she wants to go out and, and kill her sister, and um, they're keeping a low profile. It, it it it's a lot of intrigue, a lot of sex, a lot of you know, think talks about rebirth, and there's just a lot of weird people. Seeing that. So this book was a book that made me want to go read the other two because I've seen I saw the first two Skydoll books when they were being published by Marvel but I was like I don't know they were really kind of expensive and I was like I don't know so I might actually like having read this one it was an intriguing it was an intriguing story about this person who you know is supposed to be like the savior for these people and then she's just like no I just want to be my own I'm be my own person so uh, it's a trip that's been done but I, I I like I like it. It's it it's a fantasy kind of story, um, set in a fantasy world with with this people who just want to live their lives. I don't know. It's just something about it really kind of rang rang true for me, and, and I really I really liked it. I, I really I really enjoyed it. Um, the one thing I did not enjoy, and Rich will probably speak more about this, was it seemed like the the word bubbles were. Put in by the artist, 
um, because they're not they are not um, traditional word bubbles that you would think were made by a computer. It doesn't look like so. So I think a lot of them were made by the 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 artist and put in and put in onto the page. And the letterer unfortunately did not use a lot of the space that was available to. Uh, that that was available because the the, the font, font size is so tiny, is very small. It's, it's like, very hard to read. It's like a nine point font size. It's just really really oh, small. Than that. It's very small. It is very small. That and I is was the like, biggest complaint with this book. We both agreed. The biggest complaint is you fuck. It's hard to read, and the first like five pages are text heavy. Yeah, because it's getting you up to speed, and so there's like a lot of. Like there's there's like a lot of dialogue and that's fine. I think it, I think I think the dialogue and what the people are saying is fine. I enjoyed the story. I enjoyed the setting. I enjoyed what was going on. It was just, it was very hard to read because the text was so yeah. small. It was it's that is the one thing like that that I have to say about the book. You know, is that the text was just incredibly small. What did you think about it, Rich? I agree. My the biggest complaint was that text, not being able to read a book. The pictures were pretty. Yep. And yeah, the pictures were pretty and I they under, were inviting. I understand that they wanna they wanna preserve as much of the the actual panel art that they can. But making the box three quarters or one quarter of the panel and then putting in like a page worth of dialogue <laughs> at that very small print did not work. That was the biggest fault of that book. It it just it did not work. Yeah, we didn't Gorgeous really see that. Or just up. to look at, we didn't really see that that often. Mm-mm. You know, what did you think about the story? In America, they sacrifice the art. I don't want to say all, but in most comic books, they will sacrifice the art to put a word bubble or a box text box over it. I agree. What do you think of the story, though? I liked it. I mean, I I was so confused. I didn't read the first two, and they did bring you in. Um, I really. Uh, if I do, I'll scan the second one for the art. I really, for me, the art was was eye candy. It, it, it was almost like a cake where you know it's not good for you. It's really not going to do anything for you, but it's delicious. That was that. Sky Doll is delicious to look at and my eyeballs were happy. But I really just, the story-wise just didn't, it didn't, yeah, it didn't get it for it me. Is, and, then, and, then, and then on top of that, the the blocks of text with that with that very small uh font size was just it, it made it, it it made it it made the reading feel like a chore and and, and it was and it was not inviting and it's the opposite were, of the art yeah, yeah. The, art, the art is very inviting warm tones like you know really like soft lines and it was just but that that was the, it, it it was it was like the the words were fighting with the pictures yep there was no marriage unfortunately yep so the next book up is America, number one from Marvel Comics. And it's really this book really polarized a lot Ooh, of yeah. our friends. A lot of our friends. All right. Gabby Rivera, writer. Joe Quin- Quinones, penciler. Joe Rivera and Paula. Paula how do you say that name? P A O P A O. Paulo. Paulo Rivera, inkers. Jose. Villarubia, we met him. Yes, was very the nice colorist. guy. Very sweet guy. And Travis Lanham, letter and more production. So, America Chavez is done with the hero scene. Uh, time to punch out. That is just the first page. So America's got you. It shows her, you know, saving. Well, the first page is, you know, who is America to you? And and America's hope storm says, when did Storm meet America? I don't know. I don't know. 
Uh, I really love oh. the, the new costume that they designed. Other. Oh, is that what it is? We all know each other. Okay. Um, like, I like her new costume. When I first started reading this, and I read that, it's on it's on the, the first, well, the second page, about she's done. She was in an Ultimates. They're done. And I, went, I kept asking everyone when, when this came out, do you read Ultimates? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, is she still in it? And they're like, yeah. I don't understand. So is she going to be out of those books? Like, do you do you understand no. what's going on? She's doing Wolverine. But why does this book say she's done being an Ultimate when she's leading the new Ultimates? I thought there was a huge disconnect between the two books to begin with. I understand Wolverine turning into Patch and going to Madripoor to hang out with the villains. Madripoor? I'm really cool with that. But to state in your comic that you're done, time to punch out... She wanted, she needed some me time. Then that should say, she wanted some me time. Not, she's been there, done that. I had a huge problem with that. And that's stupid to say, but it really was a disconnect. Because I'm like, well, what is she doing? Well, she's still doing the superhero thing. And by the end of this, she's in World War Two. Two. Punching Hitler. Punching Hitler. So, we want to say, we, we love everyone that posts to the Geek Chat, and <laughs> really, the dialogue going on, I wish more people would speak up. And I know they're afraid of other people, but we have to respect each other's, you know, opinions. That's what this is all about. We have to respect each other's opinions. And there's a great thing going on in the Geek Chat right now um, about this book. Because two of our listeners, really, this was a disconnect for them, like Des said. So we read it, and, and I have my opinion of it, and my opinion of it. Um, I'm more on the, I just, the, the way this book was structured was very ADD heavy to me, almost like someone couldn't stand to read a, the 20 pages and have, you know, uh, a linear story where here it was like a page or two of this and a page or two of this, and then one page of this, and then one page of this, and then two pages of this. And then the school at the end, which another school, okay. A school that no one's ever heard of, um, I like this character. I remember her first appearance. It was in Vengeance, a book no one read. And she went into Young Avengers where people loved her. They love this character. And I think having a queer Latina woman who is the leader of, you know, the Ultimates, whatever, super group, space group, what do you call it? Science group? Is that what you call it? The Super Science Avengers. Yeah, the Super Science Avengers, basically. I think it's amazing. And then she gets her own book. And I feel like, the same thing with Emma Frost. I feel like this character, I don't know if they know what to do with her in her own book. Because it just, it was a little... Well, it's a first-time comic book writer, you know, and I think, I guess that she has written some other uh, some other stuff, so this is her first crack at this at this character. Okay. Um, writing from, from a, you know, Latina's point of view. Which is good. Uh, yeah, which is, which, is, which, is, which is great. Because um, we, we face a lot of... Uh, a lot of characters. Brian Michael Bendis writes a young uh, Latino, half Latino. He's Latino. Right? Yeah, half Latino. Half black. Latino, half black, but written by a white guy. Old white man. He's actually Puerto Rican, but I can't remember. Bendis is? No. Oh, Miles, Miles. Miles. I think he's Puerto Rican. I can't remember. Um, You've got Moon Girl, who's written by... Who writes Moon Girl? Oh, I can't remember. I don't either. The point is, there, there's finally representation writing this book. And I don't know if she's queer or not, but I gotta tell you, I'm really sick of... Of gay characters, not. I'm so happy that Wiccan and Hulkling worked out because in this issue she breaks up with her girlfriend because her girlfriend realizes she's not on the same path. 
And that is something that actually happens in relationships. I, just, I, just didn't, I thought, I mean, I just didn't like, real quick to cut you off, I just, I just, didn't, I just didn't like the way America, like, handled it. Right. Like, and, and I get it. She has abandonment issues. But it is, it is and maybe that was, your, that was your, the, the author trying to show that she has this, she has a bit of, like, uh, emotional immaturity. Then hopefully she will work out when she goes to this school. And it was shown again when, when she shows up at the school thinking she's hot shit. And, and the, um, and her professor like cuts the power and she can't use her powers and she has to she has to you know use her brain to to think her way out of this uh, out of a scenario and stuff so so i get it like she's she's she she's she needs to grow up is is essentially what it seems like this book is going to tackle is 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 america chavez becoming an adult you know coming to grips hopefully coming to grips with her band she's coming i don't think it's going to happen because again this is a marvel book and marvel doesn't need to take that shit that seriously um but it would be good for them to explore that that's why kind of that's that's one of the reasons why i'm reading this as a book and i was oh i was okay you know for them to introduce a new school they wanted something completely fresh you know the 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 writer wanted something. I, I assume wanted something completely fresh, something that she could control. Okay, but then you throw, that she could do, and then you throw Prodigy in, which is fine. Which is That's fine. not fresh. No, or new. I think, I, but they don't like each other. Well, I, I think it's not that they don't like each other because they they start talking shit to each other. I think I think um, whereas I think they made it very clear that whereas um. America has the strength, the street smarts, and and the drive. It's prodigy that that brings the more practical, and 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 I hate to say it, but but the more of the the analytical aspect of the duo, you know, and and even in this one, we get to see that 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 um, America is impulsive, you know, when when prodigy made his machine that could travel through time. You know, she immediately was like, "Well, I'm gonna, you know, they have they have, they have this, they have to go and 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 learn about conflict throughout the world, so through, throughout the history and do a simulation." So Prodigy is like, "Oh, I made a time machine," which I think is great. You know, Prodigy, even though he's 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 depowered, still kept all that knowledge. Right. You know, but again, she uses she uses she, she's immature her immaturity her her um her impulsiveness and she like kicks a hole in it and goes back into time and then fucks up the timeline, you know? So now she's going to have to like fix it. And I'm like, okay, you know, what's going to happen here? You know, she punches out Hitler instead of Captain America. How was this going to change? Oh no, that? she wasn't going to punch Captain America. You mean Captain America didn't punch Hitler? Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. I knew what you were saying. But now, but, but now are we going to like in the next issue, are we going to talk about like, you know, race politics now? Because, because now, now it's a, it's a Latin woman punching out Hitler and that's going to be on newsreels and stuff. Like, how is this going to change, you know, the, the future? Like what's going to happen with that? So, so, I, I'm interested to see where it's going, but I really hope that they, that they, and I mean that the creative team gives me more of of a real, I don't say real person, but it just, it just gives me more of this character. You want her fleshed out. Well, yeah, and, and this is what I hopefully what we're going to be getting. She had to set, she had to, you know, she had to set her somewhere and, and say we're going to work it out, and, and she literally took her out of of the Marvel universe and put her in this whole different universe and world for her to play with and i mean that's fine you know you wanted it to be yours you want to do your own thing but but let's really talk about some interesting and cool stuff and you know who i feel bad for who spectrum she does she's not captain marvel anymore poor old girl a woman i should say i'm sorry she's flying against this thing and she just boop whacks her and i'm like 
Obviously, this writer has never even read a comic book with Captain Marvel in it because A, she would not have flown at her and her human guys, and B, she's made of light. So I no, no, they uh, said it. They said she got. She was able to hit her with, when she was light. Mm, um, mm, I don't know. Just mm, I, I just don't know why we had why we had to see her with um with the ultimate. With the ultimates. If she's, if she's if she's really trying to get out of it, but I guess we needed the scene for her to say. Hey, um, for her, we needed to see the scene for her to declare her independence and like, mm. I'm going to take care of myself. I really like this redesigned costume with the shield. I really liked yeah. that one. And it's sad that, that I hope we get to see that again. We will. And I just want to say, I want Monica Rambeau in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. There's no reason why we can't. I agree. Now the one book I really liked, everyone. I hated it. He hated it. <laughs> no, I liked it too. All right, we got Grass Kings. It's the number one from Boom Studios. The writer is Matt Kent, illustrated by Ty Taylor Tyler Jenkins, lettered by Jim Campbell. Uh, designer was Scott Newman. This was created by Matt Kent and Tyler Jenkins. It is a beautifully, beautifully watercolored book. Um, Welcome to the Grass Kingdom. This book is basically what will happen <laughs> when... Don't you go there. I buy... No, what? Don't, don't, you, don't, don't I go, go there. there? You're going to go there. I'm not going to go there. No, you should. I think it'd be funny. I imagine a town built by you with your rules. Only here... Off the grid. All, it's all off the grid. They don't believe in the government. They think the government is bad. But as you see in the first couple pages, I don't want to give everything away, but the land they live on uh, has a very brutal past. And it shows through really beautiful two pages worth of pa uh, panels from 1450 AD up until now. And the sheriff, and I use air quotes around that, has found an intruder in their land. And they say their land. Uh, they have rules. You don't come on their land. And through the cop car and the guy in the back, you see this town and you see the inhabitants living in the trailers and what this small community is made up of. You get, I think, this is for me, I think they did a great job introducing the characters by the, the officer taking the guy to the outside of the, um, the property line so he can let him go. With a warning, of course, if you cross this line, you see the guy up there with the rifle, you're dead. I mean, you get introduced to this, this, these inhabitants, and by the end of it, you meet the grass king, the actual man. Who is in charge of this? And a tragedy has happened in his life to where he drinks a lot now. And by the time you see why the boy was there, it all tied it together for me. And I'm purposely not doing spoilers. Even though we talk about spoilers a lot, I really enjoyed this book a lot. Uh, and the end, the last page, really brought it together for me. And the use of tattoos, I'm going to be very curious about, because the same tattoo is referenced a couple times in this book. Um, what did you think of it? 
I like the watercolors. That was really great. Um, it is a definitely an, an independent style. Um, yeah. It reminded me a lot of uh, Rossimo um, with a lot of watercolors, and I enjoyed it. Mm. Um, I do like this. I do like the idea that this is a town that's set upon its own rules and does its own thing. Um, and it's a town we, we see with, with the Native Americans beforehand. And it's like, it, it has a very bloody history, but it's also where people come to just kind of live their lives. And there, right. and there was a rumor about a, a, a mass murderer who lives there and all these other, and all these other, so I think it might be a place where, where, where people who have done sins or, or done, done things Not wrong. so nice things. Yeah, come go. here. They come here and it's, it's a very strict code of, of ethics between them and they do not want anyone coming in. And there seems to be um, an in some some something that is pulling uh, the outside forces into this very insular town, and I think that is the story that that is that 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 is what's going on at its core. That I am like, okay, how is this town going to be able to excuse me to keep itself separate from um, the rest of the world and like. Like what's going on with like cell phones? What's going on with all this uh, with all this other technology? You know. Did you notice? Throughout, yeah, it, no one had any. Yeah, no one had any. There was uh, like it's like a little piece of heaven I want to live in. Lord, um, so it it it's an interesting take on 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 a society who who like is so insular and in a world that is so like extroverted and like everything is, you know, everything's out there in the middle of the, of the, um, of everyone to see, like there's no privacy. And it's like, this is a town that just wants to keep to itself. Like, and so what, what is it hiding? What's going on? Like what, what's happening? It's a, it's a subtle mystery. And and I'm wondering, I'm wondering what's Mm. happening. And, and having read, you know, all of Matt, uh, Kent's, uh, Ninja, Ninja, I'm interested. I'm actually thinking about picking, you know, the rest of this issues up just to see what's going on because I haven't seen anything else from him since his, I mean, I know he did some stuff for, for DC a while back, but he's pretty much made his, his, uh, Valiant. So I'm interested. If you are looking for something new and not Marvel DC, this is my recommend for this week, guys. Grass Kings, number one from Boom Studios. I loved it. Loved it. Very good book. One of your favorite books we're reviewing next Dead No More, an amazing Spider-Man event, The Clone Conspiracy, Omega number one. Yeah, there, there are three stories in this book, and it basically sets up uh, what's happening in Spider-Man's universe. In Scarlet Spider. Scarlet Spider, Amazing Spider-Man, and I think that's it. Yeah, because the Give Us a Wink yeah. was just uh, continuing. That was the yeah. Ben Riley. So yeah. let's get this over with. There was a lot to get here. Dan Slott, Christos Gage were the writers of the first part. Corey T. Smith was the artist. Justin Ponsor was the color artist. For the second story, give us a wink. It was Peter David. Welcome back to the or the, the Spider-Man world. Mark Bagley is the penciler. John Dell was the inker. Jason Keith was the color artist. And King's Favor, Dan Slott was the writer. Stuart Immonen, yes. Immonen excuse me, was the penciler. Wade... Von Grawbadger was the inker, and Richard Isenov was the color artist. And before I say welcome back to Peter David, he does write Spider-Man 2099, but this is the first thing in a while that I've seen that he's actually written 
Spider-Man, yeah, Peter Parker. Yeah, he's, he's, well, and it not, wasn't even Peter Parker. It was Ben It was Riley. Ben because he's going to be writing the yep. new Ben Riley, Which is great. And, I, and isn't Stewart? Uh, so, he's writing amazing. He's going to be drawing Amazing Spider-Man now, Number right? 25, which we will, review, will be reviewing on the next episode of the Geek Chat. Excited He's back. You love Stuart Immon- Immonen. Yes, and I, I'm excited. I really enjoyed his... Uh, I really enjoyed all of his artwork. It, it, it's fantastic. For him being on Spider-Man, it's just like... Oh, Do you know that my Giuseppe Camicoli won't be on this book anymore? No, that's all right, though. Hey, stop I'm, it. I'm sad. I love him. He's going to be yeah. on the new Darth Vader book. Aw. I'm sad I love his well, art. Now you have to read Darth Vader. I know. <laughs> I'm just happy that Dan Slott is still around. I, I love Dan Slott. So, first one is collateral damage, and it's basically, we get to see the aftermath. This is the aftermath issue of everything that happened in Dead No More, the clone conspiracy, um, in which we get to see, like, the, the CDC shows up, and they start um, talking about what needs to happen now. And I like this issue because, I like this story, because it says that it lets us know that Dan Slott has ideas for what's going on with this. You know, he doesn't just pull them out of his butt. No. And, and I'm glad that we have these issues that, that, that are the self-contained issues. It's like we get to see, it's a quiet moment that sets everything up. Um, for the next couple of uh, next couple of hopefully next couple of months of what's going on in Spider-Man, we get to see a uh, Spider-Man, you know, confront, Kane about like you knew this was going to happen and then Kane you know turning on Spider-Man saying you know you, you couldn't have done what needed to be done you know he couldn't have and he couldn't have you know because because no matter what Kane is Peter Parker not only that Kane has gone through all different dimensions and there's been one thing at the center of him Peter Parker fucking Peter Parker but Peter can't look past that exactly Dan Slott knows this character so well, and it really infuriates me sometimes when people say that he can't, he doesn't understand Spider-Man. I think this is this is a man who gets this character because he has written him so long, and he and he respects the history, and he knows the history. That's why when Peter Parker was talking to Gwen Stacy, it, what they said that whole issue of Amazing Spider-Man when they had it was just the two of them talking. It was beautiful because this man knows how to write these characters. This man knows what's going on with these characters. And it shows when he does these quiet moments when they're talking. Um, I love the fact the that rhino. Max... Oh, we're going on two different ones. Sorry. I love the fact that Max... I love Max. And the fact that Max was gay and that came out in this... You know, not this issue, but in this story. And that he was now there with the CDC. And I'm pretty sure... Correct me if I'm wrong. Doesn't Max know his identity? Yes, I think he does. I think he does. So that made it even more worth it because he knows what's going on. And then yep. you have the whole interaction with uh, Kane and uh, Gwen, the Spider Woman. Is that what she's known as in her book, Spider Woman? Mm-hmm. Um, that Spider was some Gwen. really good, some really good interaction too, because Gwen has now she saw the other Gwen and she knows you know the fate of her because on her earth it was Peter that died right yep yeah and it's like Uh, do you hope this is what I hope for Rhino I really want to see Rhino and I'm so we talked about it we're sick of seeing bad guys go good but I kind of want to see Rhino uh ponder what he's done because he got to touch his wife again yeah and like he 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 lashed out Spider-Man talked him down, which was a great moment, and now he like surrendered himself. So I hope there is some kind of a, um, I hope there is some kind of a closure. 
Or uh, we revisit it? Oh, I hope we revisit it. We probably are, because Dan Slott doesn't do anything just, just to let it go. So I, I hope there's some redemption for him. But who knows? And I, I, and I love... So is is Scarlet Spider going to be Kane versus... Uh, is it going to be Kane versus um, Ben Riley? We have no clue. See, I'm excited if that's it. If they, both of them are in the books and they both have to fight each other. like Because Kane is after Ben Riley. And Ben Riley for uh, Spider Man Peter Parker for some reason thinks that Ben Riley is dead but, because he 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 saw the the uh, yeah the dust the, the dust and and but, Ben Riley's like no but, sorry and uh, Kane is like nope you why, know he's not dead why is he going to become Scarlet Spider is that going to be a front is that going to be a Thunderbolt moment where he's really doing good to try to get to something I can't wait for that book too yep. And then at the oh, end, we get, to Jesus. See, we get to see that Kurt Connors, you see, this is what I oh, mean. Oh, it was so, this is heartbreaking, but you're happy. Well, when he turned his children into, into lizards, it's like. And he turned his family, not just, his, he turned to everyone. Yeah, his, his wife and his, and wife his son and, to, and lizards in order to stop their, their, their genetic oh, breakdown. He basically made them lizards. And I, I'm like, I want, I want to read a backup about them. Yes. Because the, the child just eating the plate, that was great. Loved it, loved it, loved it. The middle story goes back to the the woman that thought she was doing good and working with Ben. And how Ben played her to get the money. And then play, yeah, it was, it was, it shows you that he is the complete opposite. Of Peter Parker. Of Peter Parker. That was, I think, the purpose of that story to show he, on the other hand, will do anything to do whatever he needs See, to get done. And I done. think that's why, and I think that that's why we're going to have Kane versus Ben Riley in this book because Kane is... Going to destroy Ben Riley. I love Kane. I loved his secret uh, uh, Scarlet Spider book when it was out. Loved it. Yeah, and I think, and I, I think that's, I think that's when it, that's going to become like they're going to become enemies of, of each other. And I think I, I want to see what's happening. What's going to happen? You know, that's going to be a mini series, right? <laughs> I hate you so much. <laughs> and I want to see what Peter David does with it. Oh, uh, I know the, the last, last story was was so perfect. The artwork was beautiful. Yep, the last story sets up everything that's going to be going on in. Amazing Spider-Man, number 25 and on. And I got to say, Emmerman's art, the way he uses the idea of negatives, and I think this has to do a lot with the inker and the colorist, Richard Eisenhoff, who's an amazing colorist. The fact that the Kingpin, who is this large man who wears white, they use the negative in the panel as his... Like, I don't even care that you can't see the arm connecting. You just see his floating hand. Your mind fits... Fills everything in. Mm -hmm. um, and Fisk, you know, Fisk owes him a uh, a favor. And Fisk, I love that, but it's such a power move. As Fisk said, Fisk said, I'm done with, I'm done with, you know, you having this over me. So here's, here, I'm going to do it. And he's like, no, that's not what you do, Fisk. And he's like, and he's like, no, this is what I, this is like, I love that Fisk never lost control. And he said like, and he was just like, look, I'm going to give you this because, because, I don't want to owe you anymore. We're done. And it was about Norman Osborn. So yep. part of me is kind of sad to see Norman Osborn back. Really? Yeah, only because it's like we see Norman Osborn every so often. But I'm okay with this only because I know I know Slot is going to do something fantastic with it. You loved this book, didn't you? I really, I really liked Out of all the events Marvel's has done in the last two years, this has been my favorite. I will far. agree with that. Because it was a fun, self-contained, little mini-series... Um, and which, Dan Slott knew what he's doing. And he used things that he's been working on. Again, it goes back to when um, Doc Ock was in in Peter's body. 
It goes back to all the way when Gwen Stacy got her neck snapped. No, 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 no. It goes back. What Dan Slott is doing is something that is rare in Marvel Comics. And, and, it, and it's something that they used to do in the 90s. And you don't see it anymore. And that's when a writer would, would weave intricate, intricate uh, stories you know, in the background, in the background, in the background of a much larger narrative, and then it would come out an event. They used to do that in Marvel well, all the time. That was Chris Claremont. That's one reason why I love the X Men. Chris Claremont, Peter David did that. Oh yeah. Um, uh, I can't remember the other other people, but that you don't see that anymore because mm-hmm. because writers. Uh, don't really have that longevity anymore. Well, they're not giving it. They're not giving it because the next big thing has to come. And that's one thing I think that kind of, we, we do get, it's been Dan Slott and he's been, he's had to go through the events, but somehow with secret, no, with civil war two, they put it in a side book. Yeah. Because Dan Slott had his, you know, he's on his train. He's doing his stuff. And I'm, I'm just amazed that they allow him to do that, but it, it, I'm glad they do. Because his his Spider Man has been one of the best runs uh, of of a, of a character uh, I've seen time. in a very long time. So another number one for y'all. It's gonna be Rat Queens. They're back. Yes, they're back. Uh, number one from Image Comics. I'm happy they're back. You are happy they're back. Curtis J. Weeb was the writer. Owen Genie, I'll say. I'm sorry for that. Artist uh, Ryan Ferrier was the color. And maybe it's Janai. Maybe it is. We'll have to ask if we get to meet him. And Colleen Doran did cover C. That's weird, and out of the blue. Uh, so the Rat Queens are back after a little extended break so that um, people could move on, I guess, from yeah. what had happened. And it comes back. I'm going to let you tell your side of this first. So basically it picks up It picks up the Rat Queens after, um, after uh, I can't remember her name... Uh, after a party, <laughs> after a party, uh, and um, I can't remember her name. Oh my god, that's okay. One of the gals, the gal with the horns. Like her father was uh, was freed in the last in the last um arc. In the last arc, he was freed, and she is now like her and her father are now uh becoming friends. <laughs> she allows her horns to be seen now because she's like half. She, she's she's not she, she's of a um of an infernal race because she has the horns but now she's being she's allowing herself to have uh hannah sorry hannah is is like this is who i am i'm gonna be i'm gonna do what i need to do and it's great and then um vi um i think that's the that that is the um the uh dwarf it, it drinks like crazy and it's all about them getting ready to go off onto a quest. It, it's 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 a story that basically is introducing everyone back into the fold. Yes, I think that's um, what he needed to do: reintroduce the characters and get them going on a brand new quest. Because what the, these women do best, they like to drink, they like to fight, they, they like just, to swear, they like to have sex, they like to do drugs. They are the rat queens, and. Getting them back together and and reintroducing them a to new readers, but also to people who have missed them because they've been missing for so long. Because the book put out after volume three, they put out two issues, and then he canceled the rest. Yeah, they went on hiatus. And so they're back, and they have a new member to the to the queens. And I enjoyed it up until the end. And for me, the gap 
was fine. I mean, I, I don't believe there should be a gap anytime in books. But I allowed this. I didn't allow it. It's not like I told them they could. But, you know, I was like, okay, you do what you got to do. Um, they got a brand new artist. And I think the artist works. I, I like the artist. I think he captures each of their personalities and what makes them them. Yeah, the artist is the artist is great actually. Like I really like this. I really like Owen. Like his his, his art is really really great and yeah, he's a colorist too, I think. Yeah, he does it all. And it looks great. Like every everything that he does, it looks really good. And the panels, the panels are filled. There's not there's not very many panels that just have like static backgrounds. Like there's like you know I hate that. Yeah, I know you do. Uh, he feels the backgrounds, and there's a lot of stuff going on. The characters have life. The characters have movement. They have facial expressions. It, it really adds to the it adds to the book. Like the, it, it feels like a totally. Um, it feels like everyone has stepped up their game, and but in that aspect, and I think Rich is gonna agree with me. It read too safe. Yes, everything I loved about the first Rat Queens book I read is gone it's not as funny it's not as edgy it's not as sexy i think i think it's still the 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 funny is still there it's not as funny but it's not as edgy that first book you read when you read the first book of the rat queens you laugh out loud and here by the end of it i absolutely hated the twist did not like the cat kings i like the cat kings i thought that was funny like you're like the brother the brother is like you know he's trying to recreate his sister's team yeah. instead of being the rat queens or the cat kings. But, uh, but Didn't I like understand that. buddy. Well, and I think that's funny. Like his buddy is this, he's like a, the sidekick for the fungal mage, you know, who, who like does stuff in, with spores and stuff. It's like, the, the, they're a joke. And like the, the brother is a joke. And Correct. I, I, the brother I, is a joke. Yeah. He's cute, but he's a joke. But that's what I like about it. It's like, it's like they, they're like the, the like the antithesis of, of like, the shit group, you know, and his brother, the brother thinks he's hot shit, and and the queens are just like whatever. What did it for me was the introduction of the, I don't know, goose monster, the like a goose dragon or this something. weird ass, and that's that I again. Like, but I like the way it looked. Though. I did I too. Like this design. I thought this is really cool because you get to see more and more as the panels go on, and then I thought it was really interesting that this weird creature, Edgar. it has a. It has its own defense to each one of the queen's um, fighting skills. Yeah. And I was like, okay, this is weird. The book I enjoy. Don't get me wrong. I'm really glad this book is back. I, I love this team. The first issue was a little off. It didn't... It. I'm hoping the whole arc, the rest of this, gets that feeling. Maybe they just got to get their mojo back. Maybe something's got to come. Um it was very enjoyable to read. I loved it. The art, I'm so glad they got another uh, great artist on it. It just was, I don't know, something was missing. Something was missing for me. Well, it was that, it was that rawness, you know. It, this really read like someone who, it's, it's not, it's weird. It's like, it's like when you read the first, when you read the first issue of the first series of Rat Queens, it was like you could tell that that person was like new to comics and they and they were and they were having fun and they were doing like they were cursing left and right they, like it, yeah, it, it was edgy was... It, was, it was like having fun this one read to me like a like, safe a little bit safe like a like like a safer comic like like a comic that you, you would read 
from Marvel or DC. Do you think he did that to get more readers attached? Maybe. Yeah, maybe he toned it down a little bit, you know? I, I want him to crank that back up. Yeah. Turn and, and, that fucking dial and up, be more And be more, like, raunchy like they used to be. And yeah, be more... there were no boobs hanging out. I mean, you'd see boobs in, like, every other page on the other... Not every other page, but, like, I was well, just rereading were, the fourth called... book... Their boob, you know, Braga's boobs were yeah, hanging out, and, and they're calling everyone, you know, you know, bitches, and and they're fuckers and, and fuckers, and all this other stuff. Like they're a lot more cursing. Like I don't know, something about it is read really safe, and I was like, okay, you know, maybe this is something new that the person is, you know, the writer is trying to do, or 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 to show his range or something. I don't know, but don't be safe. Yeah, don't. The Rat Queens is not a comic that needs to be safe. Oh no, but I'm happy it's back. I'm and really I will happy. definitely be picking it up, and I and I suggest you guys do too. I, and if you haven't read it, the first three books are available. The first one's nine ninety nine. Go check it out. Try something new. It's worth it. So we're gonna end on Two a really books. good place because we're both very happy um, with DC. For years, we didn't get to review any DC because we didn't enjoy them, and here we are ending this week's podcast. With two DC books, Superman number 18 and Action Comics number 975, both are being um, billed as Superman Reborn. And Superman number 18, Peter J. Tomasi and Patrick Gleason were the stories. Patrick Gleason was the pencilers. Mick Gray did the inks. John Kelliz did the colors. And Rob Lee did the lettering. And for Action Comics, number 975, we have Dan Jurgens was the writer. Doug Mankey did the penciling. Jamie Mendoza did the inks. Will Quintata did the colors. And Rob Lay did the lettering. And I have to give credit for the backup story because the backup story was amazing. And it was done by... Paul Denny was the writer. Ian Churchill was the artist. Mike... At TL was the colorist. Rob Lay was the letter. So, part one. Gleason. Art. Amazing. Someone breaks out of... What the hell is his name? Mr. Oz? Is someone Oz? Someone breaks out of... Oops, sorry. Someone breaks out of this prison that is holding uh, Tim Drake. Someone got out, and Tim is all happy. And all we see from the cell is Superman will save me. Superman, please, please save me. Superman, where are you? And it has little drawings on the wall of the super family. And then it's all about John and an anniversary party, which made it all the worse at the end. So here, happy anniversary, Mom and Dad. Um, Clark and Lois are celebrating and they're going through and that's when all hell breaks loose. I have to say, Crypto is a little anorexic in this book. I don't know what happened to him. He must have been a little hungry that day. <laughs> but you have uh, the, the Clark Kent that no one knows who it is going to the Kent farm, or the Smith farm as it is, and uh, reliving the past, Superman's past. And then everything starts disappearing. And the worst part, spoilers, was John just disappearing in his dad's arms. <gasps> Did you need a tissue? No. 
You know why? So sad. You know why? Why? Because of what happens in the second in the in the next one, which is action comics. But you didn't know that. All I know is that it was a great opening salvo Hell to this. Yes. To this, like Clark. Uh, so Superman automatically knows, feels that it's Clark Kent. Clark Kent did. Clark Kent did something. Clark Kent did something. Shut up. Um, <laughs> and he takes him and Lois. Oh, him and Lois. Like he flies Lois to Metropolis to, to drop in on on uh, Clark Kent to see what's going on. As you know, and and it's it was sad. It's like this blue flame as everything everything that they have done. It looks like since they've been on Earth two, uh, not Earth two. Since they've been in the reborn universe, is being burnt up. Is that a homage to the fact that everything that Superman has done since then is gone now? And now he's on this new planet? But it's him. They made that before. So maybe. I think... Well, no, remember. Remember, all of their book, all the, the, the pictures that were in the right. book and the kid and all that stuff like that, that's all That's all gone. Like, mm-hmm. like the New 52 and the Rebirth universe wiped all that stuff out. So I think this is I think this is a a bit of a meta narrative that about that, it yeah that that you know who are you like who are you now what's going on you notice the red trunks yeah yeah you know so them thinking about all this stuff that happened before and now it's all going away and 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 the the main thing the the, the living the living embodiment of of I guess the new the, the old 52 is now gone as well in Jonathan. It's like, what's going on? So I was really intrigued about what was going on. And I really hope that that wasn't that meta narrative that they were doing with that. I got to say the art, um, Gleason, fantastic. once again. Gleason, fantastic. There's I, a there's a one page towards the end when Superman flies through one level of the house to the next level. It's, it is everything you want from Superman. It is that larger than life man flying and it's, just beautiful the colors are the use of color in this book with the flames just tearing through john great book superman 18 great book and you didn't have to wait long because the following week action comics came out action comics which was oh and it it allowed me to it was a reason to finally start reading action comics again because i'm sorry I'm not a fan of Dan Jurgens for the most part. I don't know. Something about it just doesn't it's just something about his writing just it's like I just, it's a little stilted for me sometimes. I just, so what do you think of it in this issue though? Uh, I thought it was great. I thought it was great because he was working with someone else and they're actually trying to tell a a, a, a specific narrative that is something new and I liked it. Um, and we get to see we get to find out exactly who Clark Kent is and um, I was very surprised and I was really, I was really, really too. <laughs> I was surprised, and I was really happy about it. Now I have a question. As 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 Superman is fighting Clark Kent, Clark Kent keeps changing into people, different villains, different villains. But they were villains from, uh, if you notice, they were villains from uh, pre uh, DC fifty two. Well, yeah, because you have Lex in his amazing costume. Yep. You have you have Brainiac in a pre fifty two costume. You have Bizarro. The Bizarro. Uh, you have. Um, Parasite. Parasite. You have Mongol. You have Doomsday. Cyborg, uh, Cyborg Superman. Superman. And then at the end, who is it? It's Charles. It's um, Charles. <laughs> oh my God. Dude, that's wrong. Uh, no, it's, it's Mr. Mixelflix. It's Mr. Mixelflix. Mr. Mixelflix. 
Now, did you see that comment? No. And Charles, we really think that you should uh, cosplay as him. And by we, he means him. No, you thought so too. No, when you texted me, I said, <laughs> don't say that to him. And you said, I won't. No, no. I think it's cute. I, I can see him with a little purple bowler on. It was so cute. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Mr. Mix of Picks is... Mix of Mix of Pissy. Mixie is pissy. <laughs> Mixie is pissed that Superman has basically forgot about him. Oh, now, this is one of my questions I started to ask you. But I'm glad you did the reveal. Did we see him at all in the new 52? Nope. I love it. I love it. Nope. Because he really did forget about him. Yep. To him, he did. Yeah. So I want to say, that is the first half. The first half is all about... Uh, oh, by the end. By the end, Lois doesn't even remember who well, John no, is. Because that's the thing. Uh, Mixie is getting his revenge by making everyone forget about Superman's Oops. son, now, uh, Jonathan. What I loved was the second story. Which was by I Paul Dini. loved the second and, uh, story. Ethan, who was Ian it? Churchill. Ethan Churchill, Fucking sorry. Ian Churchill drew on the very first page what Mixie looked like before he had the weird... You know, purple outfit. Yeah, well, the I orange loved and purple. Loved it. Loved or was it. Was that tan and purple? It's tan and purple. I love. Yeah, it was. It was mixy throughout the years. The art, and what the whole thing that we learned is, Superman would tell John these stories of fighting him, and he never was like the bad guy. So John is learning all this, and he's like. You, you, this wasn't how you're supposed to be. You're not supposed to be like this. You're not supposed to be mean. And we learn how Mixie got stuck with Mr. Oz. and Every what, three months to him, what he, he pops tried. up yeah. and he has some fun. We fucking get Batmite. We, we get you know shown Batmite again. Yeah, the, the other people who live in the fourth dimension, oh. all the other imps that, that come out. And, and it showed him throughout throughout the, the, the different um Yeah, you had universes. Lego figures. Well, it's you just had funny. superpowers figures. And then, like, they kind of broke the fourth wall in which Mixoplex said, you know, or Mixie said, like, we transcend because he has been. This character has been in all these different... And he was just in Supergirl a couple weeks yep. ago. So he has basically transcended and been in all these different... Like, he, he is one of... The he's one of uh, Superman's most iconic villains when you think about Even it. Really, no one can say his name. No one, but no one thinks about him. Right, you know, no one thinks about him being that character. And I think that was th that's another sort of meta narrative that it's like we forgot. Like again, he is from the 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 pre fifty two. This that's why I think this whole thing is like this giant meta narrative about like we forgot about the gold not the golden age, but we forgot about this. Pre about comics being fun. Well, you said that, but 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 this pre-age, you know, because because you can't have characters like like Mixie in the New Fifty Two because he's this omnipotent. Because it wasn't fun. Yeah, sure. Okay, <laughs> I just think it was interesting that he said you must have heard about that magic word of mine, the one I let your paw think he tricks me into blurting out. Hmm. So hey, he was he knew what was going on, I guess. So that was pretty cool. And then when he finally learns he has to say his name backwards, um, that is what happened. He broke out of the prison, ended up on the Rebirth world, and he needed a disguise. And who better? Clark Kent. And then he's like, wait a minute. Clark Kent, Superman, this can't be. And this is where now I really want to go back and reread those issues. Because, again, Mixel Plix did not know that this was a new 52. Right. Well, not a new 52. A new universe. Yeah. Well, he didn't know he was in the new 52 universe. Right. He didn't know this. I 
I so thought, he gave himself a mojo, a whammy, to make him believe that he actually yep. was. And then it all started to coming back to him. And now that, now that, um, so, but who was he mad at? Is he mad at Superman because he never came and saved him? I think he's still mad at Superman. Or, or is he mad at the whole world for forgetting him? I think right for now, I think he's mad at Superman. For, for, for forgetting him for, and not coming and getting And especially him. not helping him out of this prison. He was stuck in this prison with Mr. Oz. I just think that both stories do a lot. The second story I love because now he's tricked John into doing it. Yeah. And John now has to play one of his games. The art, I love Ian Churchill. Oh, this art was so cool. He drew an imp and he drew a young child. And it didn't look like an adult being either. Because some people can't draw children without making them look like just short adults. Where he really, I could feel the the youthfulness in John. And, you know, when Mixie wanted to be evil, he looked it. I don't know. I, I just think. Yeah. I can't wait to see what's happening with the story. Like I want to, I can't, I can't wait to see what's going to happen. Are we going to see the fourth dimension? Are we going to see a little bit more of uh, pre fifty two? Like what's going on? Like I, I really am interested to see what's going on with with this story. Like I, I, I am just loving it so far. I do want to say, uh, Doug Mankey and his uh, his art. While I love Doug Mankey, I feel like some of the pages were a little rushed. Um, but what did what I really enjoyed was the candy throughout everything because you notice when they go to the house, they're trying to find stuff and it's all junk food. Yeah. And it's little things like that. I don't know. I just think that, uh, this has been a great storyline, two issues in so far. We're talking about DC. We're talking about the things that we love and, and that's we're excited. Why we're excited. I mean, that's what makes comics. When you can get excited about your comic books, it's great. And that's yep. one reason why we wanted to end with two books that we just absolutely adored. Next week, Amazing Spider-Man 25. Yep. That's going to yep. be 96 pages for us to go through. I cannot wait. I cannot wait. Bring it to me. Put it in my eyes, Marvel. <laughs> so thank you so much for, for tuning in for this uh, long issue. Sorry for long episode. Sorry for not having something uh, last week. Unfortunately, it was really you know very busy. You know, schedules were crazy and whatnot. That's why we gave you a double-sized episode yeah, this time. We, we gave you a much longer episode, and we're doing uh, this week. Uh, we did this week's and last week's as well. So please, you know, please come back and uh, and support the channel. Let us know what you think. Uh, go to Facebook. Join the Geek Chat Facebook group. If you ever want to send us an email, uh, send it to uh, thegeekchat at gmail.com. Um, all of our stuff is on SoundCloud. Go and check it out. I want to give a special thanks to our sponsors. Our first sponsor is, is our, our fantastic artist, uh, Gene Gilmet. You can check out his stuff at rltpress.com. You can also uh, check him out. He is a featured artist on Comic Book Resources and their column, The Line That Is Drawn. You can also come to um, whatever comics uh, in the Castro and pick up some of his prints that have been featured on the line it is drawn uh we're selling them limited edition prints so please come and take a look want to give a special shout out to terry miller she is the mistress of the mixed board she's the one that comes in and does all of our fantastic music so whenever you hear sounds it's her thank you so much terry and want to give a special thanks to our major sponsor uh whatever located at 548 castro street located between 18th and 19th in sunny san francisco check us out on the web at whatever store online or on Facebook under whatever store. Give us a like. Alrighty. So again, I'm Desmond. I'm Rich. And we'll see you later. Bye.